Let us enter into this hour of worship, this time and space dedicated to all that is most worthy in this life, the depths and the heights of it all. Let us give our undivided attention to what really matters, just for a while. Come bringing all of who you are, all your busy thoughts and your big emotions, your complications and your contradictions, Rest and quiet your weak, worn spirit, for you are here to touch again eternal springs of hope and renewal. Calm your hurried, harried pace and claim this precious chance to find perspective. For this hour, let the cares, the fretfulness and worry be set aside. Forgive yourself. You are so very worthy of moving on, of making new efforts of trying again. Today is a new day. And know that you are not alone in all of this. There is strength and caring support for you here. You'll find comfort and kindness if you but ask. You're part of this community if you choose it and you can help to make it what you will. So let us join our hearts together as we enter into this precious hour of worship now. Please open in words which are loosely adapted from some by Carolyn S. Tao. They welcome all those who have gathered this day for our Sunday service. Welcome to those who are gathered here in person in Kensington and also those who are joining us on Zoom from far and wide. For anyone who doesn't know me, my name is Jane Blackhall and I'm Ministry Coordinator with Kensington Unitarians. If you're first time with us this morning, we're very glad to have you with us. Thanks for coming to visit. Perhaps you might like to hang around for a chat after the service, drop us an email to say hello, or come to one of our small groups to get to know us a little bit better. And whether it's your first time here or your thousandth, I think it is technically possible for some of us that we've clocked up over a thousand services here. I hope each and every one of you find something of what you most need this morning. Whoever you are, however you are, wherever you are, Know that you are welcome with us this day, just as you are. Today's service is titled Praying with Poets. Prayer is a perennial subject for us to explore here at church. We pray together every week, of course, but at least once a year, we take time on a Sunday to reflect on what it is we're doing and how and why. And this time we're doing it with the help of some poems which shine a light on the contemplative aspects of prayer. The listening side of it more than the speaking. But before we go any further, let's take a moment to settle ourselves wherever we may be and to consecrate this time and space with our presence and intention. Mm -hmm. 
Maybe there's something you can do with your body to let go of any tension you're carrying. Maybe scrunch and release your hands. Maybe scrunch up your shoulders and let them go. And let's stop and take one conscious breath. Breathe in. And as we breathe out, let us release anything that's stopping us from being truly here now. Any nagging preoccupations or distractions that we might be carrying. Let's see if we can lay them aside for an hour or so. And let's light our chalice flame as we do each time we gather. It's a simple ritual that connects us in solidarity with Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists the world over, and which reminds us of the proudly progressive historic tradition of which this gathering is part. We like this chalice as a reminder of the tradition that holds us and the values and aspirations that we share as a community. Our commitment to the common good, our yearning for a better world that's yet to be, where all may know true freedom, equality and peace. May this small flame be for us a sign of faith and hope and love. Let us sing together. We're experimenting with a new three hymn regime again. Our first hymn is appropriately titled, We Light the Flame. For those present at the church in person, it's number 194 in your purple book. For those joining via Zoom, the words will be up on your screen. Um, Sandra reckons we need to hear this one through in full before we sing. So let's do that and join in as you're able. Feel free to sit or stand as you prefer. We Light the Flame.
So we're going to take those joys and concerns, spoken and unspoken, into an extended time of prayer now. This prayer is based on some quite traditional, very comforting words by Miklos Seikai. You might want to adjust your position to get a bit more comfortable. Perhaps put down anything you don't need to be holding. You might want to close your eyes, look at the candles, soften your gaze. Perhaps there's some sort of posture that helps you to feel in more prayerful mode. Whatever works for you to get yourself into the right state of body and mind to pray together. To be present in the here and now with yourselves, with each other, and with that which is both within us and beyond us. Spirit of life, God of all love in whom we live and move and have our being. We turn our full attention to you, the light within and without, as we tune into the depths of this life and the greater wisdom to which and through which we are all intimately connected. Be with us now as we allow ourselves to drop into the silence and the stillness at the very centre of our being. Be with us each new day as we wake, O oh God. Let us know the comfort of your presence and the revitalizing power of your calling. Whatever we have to face, be it joy or sorrow, give us strength to carry through the new day. Give us to know that when we arise in the morning, we must give thanks for the morning light for life and strength, for we are still here. We must give thanks for the gifts of living, for our food and our friends, and so many small joys along the way, which might go unappreciated in the struggle of our days. Give us hope in doing your will, in aligning ourselves with the promptings of peace 
justice and love. May the warmth of the fellowship we share here stay with us through this coming week and all it brings. May we draw strength from the faith that we hold and this beloved community that we are an indispensable part of. May we show our faith by extending compassion and care to those we find challenging and perhaps hard to understand. May we find strength in humility, courage in adversity, joy in diversity, and a true sense of purpose in our prayers. And so in the coming week, may our ears and eyes be open to tidings of joy and gladness, to hints of new possibility. God of all love and mercy, bless and prosper the work of our hands, for our life and for the larger life as you would see it, the realm of love that is yet to come. And in a few shared moments of silence and stillness now, let us call to mind the sufferings and struggles that are weighing heavy on our hearts this day, whether they're our own personal troubles, or all those issues that we're aware of in the wider world. Let us hold them gently in the light of love, that larger love that holds us all. And in a few more moments of shared stillness and silence, let us call to mind some of the many gifts we've been given in the week just past. Those little moments that have lifted our spirits or brought us some comfort. And let's inwardly treasure those blessings, be they large or small, with a sense of gratitude. Spirit of life, God of all love, as this time of prayer draws to a close, we offer up our joys and our concerns, our hopes and our fears, our beauty and our brokenness. And we call on you for insight, healing and renewal. As we look forward now to the coming week, help us to live well each day and be our best selves, using our unique gifts in the service of love, justice and peace. Amen. Let's sing together now once again. Our next hymn is Prayer for Strength. The words speak of life's inevitable struggles and they express a prayer for the strength and the courage we might need to face what's to come. This is one we hardly ever sing. I wasn't too sure about the tune in the hymn book, so I've changed it for one that's slightly better known. But if you weren't someone who sung hymns at school, it might still be unfamiliar. So we're going to hear again. I'm going to hear it through once before we sing. 
Again, it will be on your little hymn sheet in the order of service if you're in the room and the words will be on your screen if you're at home. And again, feel free to stand or sit as you prefer as we sing Prayer for Strength. Disclosure by Anne Lewin. Prayer is like watching for the kingfisher. All you can do is be where he is likely to appear and wait. Often, nothing much happens. There is space, silence, and expectancy. No visible sign only the knowledge that he's been there and may come again. Seeing or not seeing cease to matter. You have been prepared. But sometimes when you've almost stopped expecting it, a flash of brightness gives encouragement. This poem by Anne Lewin features in a book titled Watching for the Kingfisher. In the book's preface, she writes, the title of this book, Watching for the Kingfisher, describes two related activities, bird watching and prayer. I began to make the connection through the experience of not seeing a kingfisher. Everyone else staying in the house where I was a guest saw it, but I, the self-confessed bird watcher, didn't. It was frustrating to say the least. But one morning when I was haunting the lake 
unsuccessfully yet again, I realized that I was being told something about prayer and the poem Disclosure, from which the title comes, was the result. Prayer, the expression of our desire for God and our relationship with God, is not something we control. It is what we are drawn to. It is the practice of being there, ready to receive God's gift of God's self, not being put off if nothing much seems to be going on or if conditions seem to be distinctly unfavorable, but waiting, alert and expectant. Bird watchers are in a self Bird watchers are, in a sense, contemplatives. They spend quite a lot of time waiting. They learn about times and seasons and habitats. They provide themselves with warm clothing and wet weather gear so that they don't just give up when the weather is challenging. They acquire equipment to help them focus and identify what they're looking at. Sometimes, Watchers are rewarded with the sight of a rare bird. Mostly, they have to be content with more common species, but always they learn something. One of the first things they learn is that birds have their own lives and don't appear just because we want them to. Sometimes when watchers go out, they see practically nothing and sometimes they see birds they don't expect. Birds are always around. We have to get into the habit of keeping our eyes open so that we notice them. We have to be ready to meet God in unlikely places too, as well as obvious ones. God's coming, like the arrival of a kingfisher, is always gift. And because God's habitat is the whole of creation, not just the church, our experience and circumstances, as well as the more focused times of prayer and worship, are where God comes to us. Thanks so much, Chloe. So we've come now to a time of meditation. My words for meditation today will be another poem, very short poem by Mary Oliver, which offers another suggestion of what prayer might be. I'm going to read it twice through because it's very, very short. See what the poem evokes in you. And the poem will take us into a few minutes of silence, which I'll end with the sound with bell. And then we're going to hear some lovely meditative music from Abby. So again, let's each do what we need to do to get comfortable, put down anything you don't need to be holding, adjust your position, maybe put your feet flat on the floor in case that helps to ground and steady you. And as I always say, the words, the music, they're just an offering. Feel free to use this time to meditate in your own way. Praying by Mary Oliver. It doesn't have to be the blue iris. It could be weeds in a vacant lot or a few small stones. 
just to pay attention. Then patch a few words together and don't try to make them elaborate. This isn't a contest, but the doorway into thanks and a silence in which another voice may speak. It doesn't have to be the blue iris. It could be weeds in a vacant lot or a few small stones. Just pay attention. Then patch a few words together and don't try to make them elaborate. This isn't a contest, but the doorway into thanks and a silence in which another voice may speak.
Thanks, Abby. Prayer is a subject we come around to periodically at church, and that's as it should be. Prayer is a core part of what we do together as a religious community. And as such, it's important to reflect on what it is that we're doing or not doing, the hows and the whys of it too. Also, prayer is such an enormous topic, such a varied practice or set of practices, that it's good to come back and approach it from different angles from time to time. So with the help of a couple of distinguished poets, I'm going to add just a few extra thoughts to our ongoing exploration this morning. I found a short quote on poetry and prayer, which might be quite a helpful place to start. An abridged version of the quote is on the front of the order of service for those in the building. And as always, for the people at home, the full text of the service is on the website online. The quote is from Melanie Svoboda, a writer, a retreat leader and nun who says, poetry is a lot like prayer. Prayer is a lot like poetry. First, they both arise from a deep attentiveness to life whether to a rose, a grain of sand, a baby's laugh, a particular hurt, an interior joy or dread. Both poetry and prayer tend to displace the logical and rational in favour of metaphor and feeling. They both have the uncanny ability to put us into the presence of the universal and eternal, thus connecting us with others, with nature and with the entire world. Let's keep those words in mind as we proceed. But before we get to the poets and what they can teach us, I want to recap just a few basic premises about prayer, things we've kind of looked at before here. What is it that we think we're doing when we pray? Well, the purpose of prayer might be understood in various ways for some of us here, and perhaps for most of those people who pray and have ever prayed around the world, it might be simply put as speaking and listening to God. To pray is to cultivate some sort of relationship with God, however we understand God. And as is the case with many relationships in our lives, perhaps communication comes before understanding. We grasp towards some kind of understanding through the practice of communication. We set out in prayer through instinct and need before we have any kind of organized theology. And in fact, we might never come to any definitive theological conclusions about who is on the other end of our prayers. But still, for many of us, we pray anyway. And if God language doesn't work for you, there are plenty of other ways of understanding what it is we're doing. I'm very fond of what the Unitarian Universalist minister, Vanessa Rush Southern says about prayer. Prayer is about putting our hearts in the right place. Now, what you understand by in the right place is another thing, but perhaps it's something like getting in touch with our highest values, recalling a sense of perspective about our place in the grand scheme of things, something along those lines. So that's one way of looking at why we pray, the purpose of prayer, but it's the slightly sanitized and theoretical version in a way. We pray, let me speak for myself, um, rather than make too many assumptions about what anyone else does, I pray more often than not because I'm in need and I'm crying out to something beyond myself in sorrow and overwhelm at the struggles of life or in rage at the injustices of the world and my apparent inability to make any difference and make things better or just sometimes because I'm bubbling with joy and delight about some beauty or goodness that I've witnessed or some righting of wrongs. It does happen occasionally. For me, the prayers come before the theory. And when life is hard, 
as it is for so many these days, we might find ourselves uttering a spontaneous prayer as we get out of bed in the morning. And it's something really simple and direct that helps us get out of bed, like, God, help me face the coming day and all it brings. Or before a tricky meeting or a challenging phone call, we might pray, God, help me to be clear and kind. Or God, help me to be my best self and to use the gifts I've got for the greater good. Something like that. And there are so many ways we can pray, individually or collectively, in a regular and disciplined practice or spontaneously out of our need as we go about our days. We can pray with words or we can pray in silence, with movement or with ritual. There are so many ways to go about it. Just recently, I've been attending a refresher course on prayer with the London Jesuit Centre. And just last week, the course leaders reminded us of one particular model of prayer, which identifies a few major strands. This model more or less follows a model I've heard mainstream Christians talk about before. It's based on an acrostic, ACTS, A-C-T-S, where A stands for adoration, C stands for confession, T stands for thanksgiving, and S is supplication. In brief and slightly translated for Unitarian sensibilities, adoration involves praising God, naming God and the attributes of God, or in some way orientating ourselves as we pray to that which is of greatest worth and meaning to us, our ultimate concern in life. Confession involves looking honestly at our lives and getting perspective on our own actions in the light of conscience, perhaps, in the light of our sense of what we think that God wants us to be doing with our life. Thanksgiving is the easiest one to translate. It's simply prayers of gratitude for all that is good, and finally, in that framework, we have supplication, sometimes also known as petition, which involves asking God for what we want for ourselves or for others that we know to be suffering. Now, anyone who's been around this congregation for very long will know that we can't have a service on prayer without mentioning the beloved Eric Walker Wickstrom. He's a Unitarian Universalist minister who came up with another angle on this. He presented naming, knowing, listening and loving to us in his book, Simply Pray. And this informs the way that we pray together here at church, very overtly in our heart and soul gatherings and more subtly here in our Sunday services. In heart and soul, we take each of those forms of prayer in turn. So those who are heart and soul regulars will be very familiar with those names. Wickstrom's idea came from a study of comparative religion. He tried to draw out common principles from the prayer practices of different faith traditions around the world and so as such, it's not surprising that there are some parallels with that Christian acts approach that I just mentioned. His naming prayer smushes together Christian adoration and thanksgiving. In naming prayer, we both name who we're praying to as we set out in prayer with the gathering words. Here we often say, spirit of life, God of all love, in whom we live and move and have our being. These are words that help bring us into a prayerful state of mind. They hopefully help to reconnect us and align us with who or what we each think we might be praying to. And in naming prayer, we also practice simple thanksgiving by naming those things that we're grateful for. Wickstrom's idea of knowing prayer is pretty similar to confession. It's a time to reflect on our own lives, take stock of our own actions and inactions, and how well it aligns with our highest values and aspirations, perhaps even how well it aligns with God's dream for us and our world. 
loving prayer is very roughly equivalent to supplication or petition in that it's a time for bringing compassion and loving kindness to ourselves, our loved ones, and our world, expressing our desires and our hopes for healing and justice and peace. And yes, asking for what we want and we need as we muddle through our days. Wickstrom also talks about listening prayer, which I don't think has got an exact equivalent in that ACTS framework. These are prayers of meditation and contemplation. The spaces we make, often in silence and stillness, to hear the still, small voice. And finally, that brings us around to today's theme of praying with the poets. And today I don't especially want to focus on collective prayers. I want us to think about the praying that we do or that we might do when we're on our own. And particularly given the challenges that I know that so many are facing in life, I'm thinking about the part that prayer might play in helping us each get through the day. Some of you, I'm sure, already have a regular prayer practice. Some of you might have a decidedly irregular prayer practice. I think I fall into that category. Some of you might not have a prayer practice at all, and you might not see the point of having one. Of all the poets in the world, though, I've only brought two to the service this morning, and Lewin and Mary Oliver. Of course, there are many, many poets who have reflected wonderfully on prayer, and I bet some of you listening are thinking, why hasn't she mentioned so-and-so? If you have your own favourite poems on the theme, do get in touch and we'll have another service about it another day. But it seems to me that both Anne Lewin and Mary Oliver are calling our attention to what I would call listening prayer. That space of contemplation and meditation where we let everything go quiet and wait for what? In Anne, Lewis's, Anne Lewin's disclosure and the commentary that followed from wait, watching for the Kingfisher, uh, the piece that Chloe read for us so lovely earlier, she makes a metaphorical connection between prayer and bird watching. To pray as to watch kingfishers, you have to show up faithfully, be prepared and wait and wait. And as she says, often nothing much happens. But we put ourselves into the right state, the right state of body and mind, wherever we may be. We get ourselves onto the metaphorical riverbank with our anorak and our thermos, and we pay attention. We focus on what really matters. As Lewin says, there is space, silence, and expectancy, and sometimes there doesn't seem to be much to show for it. But sometimes, when you've almost stopped expecting it, a flash of brightness gives encouragement. Mary Oliver points to something similar in her poem on praying that we meditated with today. Just pay attention, then patch a few words together and don't try to make them elaborate. This isn't a contest, but the doorway into thanks and a silence in which another voice may speak. All our prayerful words, our crying out for help, our praise and thanksgiving, they are only one half of the communication, half of the prayer. Without listening, it is incomplete. With our presence and intention, which can take many forms, we make a clearing in our busy lives in which sometimes we might be able to discern a response to all our asking. 
And for most of us, the response won't come as a thunderbolt or a burning bush. It will be an inkling, an intuition, an inner nudge, perhaps a pattern of meaningful signs over time. It will be a blue iris, a few small stones, a flash of brightness which gives encouragement. And if we're going to notice something so very subtle, we need to stop talking once in a while and pay attention. So if we are to pray with the poets, I encourage you to make a bit of time for this listening prayer in your everyday life. For many of us, these contemplative moments don't arise naturally in the flow of the busy daily round. Life is demanding. We get pulled this way and that by work or study or caring or worrying about the state of the world. These days, many of us get sucked into rage-watching TV or social media or news, talk radio, a grimly compulsive fixation which can easily expand to fill our waking hours. More than ever, we need to set aside moments in our days where we can get a bit of perspective and tune into something beyond the endless cycle of demands on our attention and our energy. I encourage you to make a regular date with God or a date with what matters most. Even if it's just five minutes in bed when you first wake up or in an armchair at the end of the day or a daily walk around the block, why not experiment a little and see what fits into the life you lead? A modest but regular slot in the pattern of your days away from distractions where you show up prayerfully and pay attention. Easier said than done for most of us, I know. But let's see what we can manage and let's keep at it long enough to find out what emerges. And I want to draw this to a close with just a few brief words from Sophia lyon a Unitarian, a legendary Unitarian educator of the last century, as a reminder of what it is we're doing when we set out to pray. May we be inspired by her words as we nurture our own prayer lives and make a little space for daily contemplation, perhaps. She wrote, Many of the past generations and many of today have found three abiding values in prayer the quiet meditation on life, the reaching out towards the universal and the infinite, and the courageous facing of one's profoundest wishes. So may we do likewise, continuing the line of faithful souls for the greater good of all. Amen. One last hymn. This one's called We Sing the Faith. It's number 196 in the purple book, and the words will be up on the screen. Let us sing. We Sing the Faith.
just a few announcements now. Thanks to Ramona for tech hosting. Thanks to Charlotte for kind of hosting at home. To Chloe for doing our reading. Sandra and Abby for playing for us. For those of you who are at the church in person, Liz will be serving coffee, tea and biscuits after the hall, uh, in the hall after the service. I have also made a cake, if that tempts any of you to stay and chat. It's apple, blackcurrant and hazelnut, and I'll be wandering around with a tray if you want some. Um, thanks especially to Liz for being a last minute substitute for the coffee today and thanks to Patricia for greeting. We always need more people to help out on the rotors for coffee and greeting so that it's not always the same few people helping out. So please speak to Liz in the kitchen if you can volunteer. For those on Zoom today, there'll be a virtual coffee hosted by Charlotte. So do hang around for a chat. For those of you who are in person, there'll be a singing class at 12 o'clock with Margaret. Um, these are free, fun singing classes for everyone. Margaret is a great teacher and will gently coach you to help you gain confidence. Uh, that's from 12 to 12.45 today. We've got various other small group activities on during the week. Coffee Morning is online from half 10 on Wednesday. There's still space if you want to sign up for Heart and Soul tonight or Friday at 7 o'clock online. This week's theme is Choices. That's uh, about an hour and a half of contemplative sharing and prayer on Zoom. Service next Sunday will be another hybrid one. It'll be led by Patricia and me on the theme, The World Knows How to Live. That's Patricia's title. To me, it sounds like a Bond film. I don't know if that will entice anyone or put them off. Details of these and all our other events are on the back of the order of service or in the Friday email. And save the dates for the next Green Spirit Gathering and the next Poetry Group, which I think are on the 1st and 2nd November, respectively. This congregation very much has a life beyond Sunday mornings. We encourage you to keep in touch, look out for each other, do what you can to nurture supportive connections. I think that's everything. Just time for our closing words and closing music now. Our gathering ends. May we go forth thankful for the life that sustains and renews us, receptive to the grace that surrounds and surprises us and attentive to the gifts and possibilities that surround us along the way. Amen.